Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reimbold, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Now let me say that again. We turn with me to Jeremiah 1.10. Now before I announce, before I announce what we're going to call or name this weekend, I want to lay some groundwork. Okay? Now, as you get to Jeremiah 110, just hang on to that and listen. 
We have brought you diligently, ardently, over six years of in-depth teaching by the Holy Ghost, the Raha Kaddish. These messages that you have received have not come from the mind of a man. They have come by the Spirit of God, by the anointing. They are orchestrated so that we do first things first, second things second, third things, and so forth, and so on. That's the reason sometimes I get a little concerned about those of you that are trying to come into this the first time. Some of you that are in this room can remember all the way back when you came the first time, you can remember me saying something. You bother to stick around about a year, and you're going to find out how dumb you are and how smart I really am when it comes to the things of God. Does somebody hear that or not? This is line upon line. It's precept upon precept. It's here a little. It's there a little. But the outcome is going to take us to the land of Israel, just exactly what the Lord God prophesied through the old prophets. Back into the lands of, land of our forefathers, and we will live like unto that of the Garden of Eden. That's exciting, isn't it? Now... If it was like that under the Garden of Eden, do you suppose that God was talking about the Garden of Eden after they partook of the fruit that God said no, no? Or do you think it's before? Before. Because the Lord God said that in the last day that He would bring the prophet Elijah back to this earth and would restore all things. The Garden of Eden will be fully restored one day. Now, what caused the Garden of Eden to fall? Sin. Thank you. Sin. Sin took away from them death. Didn't take it away, put it on them, I'm sorry. They wouldn't have ever died. But because of their sin, because they did what? They disobeyed God. We, again, diligently have tried to teach you over these past six years that the Lord God said to be holy as I am holy. The Lord God said that we are to do what? We are to come out of our sin, to come out of this world. As your mentor, as your prophet, it's my place to teach you what sin is. And yet some of you thought you knew the first service you were in with me. And since then, I assure you, you found out a lot of things, amen, amen, that you didn't know about sin. I'm going to take you this weekend into a depth. It is going to make some of you mad, some of you glad, but you're all going to be happy that you came. If you don't turn me off in the first 15 or 20 minutes of this project, okay, I'm going to get you there. I'm going to bring you by tomorrow night at this time to a place of deliverance. One of the biggest deliverances in your life is going to happen this weekend. I hope somebody say hallelujah. Boy, I got you, don't you? Because you don't even know what it is. I'm there. I love it. Jeremiah 1.10. As a prophet of God, as a prophet of God, there's no room to be a good guy. There's no room, bless God, to somehow try to blanty you into anything. Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. It's only the truth that's going to make you free. It's not our church, it's not a religion, it's not, it's God. It's His Holy Word. Now, now you're there, give you plenty of time to find it. I don't even hear a page rattling. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build and plant. We're going to do all of that this weekend. Ooh. Is it going to hurt? A little bit. Will you get over it? Oh, yeah. You'll be glad that you came into the house of the Lord. Now, 
So the first thing that I do is I have to pull down and to destroy and to throw down. Okay? So, brothers and sisters, you surely knew this was coming. Say, I love you. Prophet Deckard. Remember that. Now, I had a, a, a name for this weekend, and, well, I, I'm not going to be able to give it to you. Now, a few of the brothers have heard that, so maybe you can sort of, uh, uh, in between services this weekend, arm wrestle them into telling you what it was, because I thought it was great, because I thought it would be funny, but I thought also you'd hear a lot of pins drop on the floor, and you could hear them bounce like cannons after I said it. So therefore, God's not going to let me do it. I knew he wouldn't to start out with. Are you ready? The spirit. The spirit of Jezebel. Yeah, he said he was going to do it. I heard him say the biggest pain in the rump that he had ever had in all the years of ministry has been the women. Amen. Girls, smile. You're on candid camera. (laughs) In order to understand where we're going to go this weekend, you have to pre, if you will, like a computer, You're going to have to program your mind to understand that you want free. To understand there can't be sin when we go back to Israel. Because if we do, we once again do what? We destroy the Garden of Eden. The sin has to come out of your life. I've told you over and over again, your biggest problem is not the devil, the demons, is not your husband if it's you're the wife or vice versa, it's not your children, the next door neighbor, this preacher, the people down the street or anything else. Your biggest problem is who? You. Once we can bring you into holiness, I can get you to the next step. Now, brothers and sisters... This is one of the more important meetings. Now, last, last quarterly was the most prophetic meeting that you've ever been in with this prophet. Okay? And it was. Because I opened up to you the last day. I opened up to you the 144,000, what it was about, what it meant, and what it was going to be. But there's not going to be any worrying about the 144,000 if I can't get you past what we're about to do this weekend. I have to bring you forward, but you have to want to come forward. Somebody say amen. amen. You have to want to come forward. This is a, you know, the, the, the army of God's a volunteer army. Hello, volunteers. But once you get into that army, whoa, then you have to adhere under the rules, the regulations. Okay? God has rules, regulations. I know that most all of you in this room have learned that, okay? Now, I want to go to the book of Revelation, if you'll be so kind. The book of Revelation, the second chapter, the 18th verse. In fact, we're going to go through 18 through 29. Revelation 2, 18 through 29, if you will, please. So my place is to tear out religion. My place is to tear out the things that you learned that weren't right and to inform you. But my place is also to build and to plant. As I said, we're going to do all of these this weekend. Now, some of this, you're going to go, oh, me and oh, my. Some of this, you're going to go, ouch. Some of you are going to say, I just flat don't like, okay? But hang on. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. His name's Yeshua. Okay? Revelation 2.18. And of the angel of the church of Tyria, write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like flame, like unto a flame of fire, and his feet as like a fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith 
and thy patience and thy works and the last uh, to be and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. <laughs> I think he did it a little backwards, didn't he? Huh? First told him he knew his works, the charity, their work, charity, the service of faith, the patience, the works, the last to be more than the first. And then he turns around and says, huh? Now, there's a few things that I have against you. Because thou suffereth that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach, to seduce, my servants to commit fornication, to eat things sacrificed unto idols. You need to underline all that. Okay? You need to underline that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, okay, to seduce my servants. So what does she do? She seduces to commit fornication. Eat things sacrificed in idols. Twenty-one says, and, I, and I, I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. Now notice again the word repent. The key, as I have taught you about sin, is repentance. True Heartfelt repentance, all right? And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. You need to underline that. You will have according to your works. Now, it's sad, this thing called Jezebel. I don't think there's anybody in this room has not heard about Jezebel. If raise your hand if you've heard about the spirit of Jezebel. If you're Pentecostal law, you've heard a lot about Jezebel. Okay. Now, in 24, he says, "But unto you I say, and unto the rest of Tyria, as many as have not this doctrine, which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none." Other burden. I say now, if you've not known, he's talking about this thing, this thing of Jezebel. But that which are have already hold fast till I come, and he that overcometh and keepeth my work, keepeth my works until the end, to him will I give power over the nations. You need to underline that. The word overcometh here means to conquer. All right? He that conquers the Jezebel spirit is what he's referring to. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessel of a potter. They shall be broken into shivers, even as I received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. He hath an ear to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now, in 27, he says... He is going to rule us with a rod of iron. Now, any time in the Scriptures it starts talking about a rod, it means correction. Okay? So he evidently, or evidently it's going to take a rod of iron to, shall we say, try to convince us or to have to beat us. Listen closely. Now, that choice is about to be yours. You can choose, bless God, to be brought forward, all right? Or you can choose to be beaten until you decide to come. That choice is yours. Now, I don't mean we're going to please somebody. Put that in your back pocket, that spirit. Nobody's going to get beaten physically here, okay? That's not what this is about. Is spiritually. Okay? God had a problem in Tyria. You know, he was talking, there will be no power over the nations until this happens. Until what? Until the sin of Jezebel is gone. This has been a generation ago? Oh, you bet. 
he goes on to say that, bless God, that, that, that they have in Jezebel worshipped Baal. Okay? They worship Baal. Now, Baal looks like a calf or a bull. Okay, that's the image. Now, he's the principal male god of the Phoenicians, and you need to understand that. Baal has been around for a long time. Okay? That is the spirit from whence Jezebel comes. Now, in 1 Kings 16, if you will, in 29 through 33, And in the thirty and eighth year of Asa's reign of Judah began Ahab the son of Omri to reign over Israel. And Ahab the son of Omri reigned over Israel in Samaria twenty and two years. So we know how long he was there. Twenty-two years. I always, I always have called him king for a day. He didn't last very long. He didn't act very well. And uh, he got himself in a heap of trouble with God. Now, the 30th verse says, And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now listen, you need to underline this. Above all that were before him. How would you like to have that for a legacy? That he did more evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. 31. And it came to pass as if he had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, that he took the wife Jezebel, well, took the wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbel, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. Now, would that have been a no-no? Oh, no, 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 no. God was not going to tolerate that. Now, as we reach a bit further in this, let's go on. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. It's not good to provoke God to anger. Sounds to me like sounds to me like he was heading down a road of no return. Ahab reared up an altar to Baal. Now, let's go all the way back to, to Exodus thirty two, nineteen through twenty nine. Let's go back to where all this thing with this Baal character, this Baal god that looked like a, a calf or a bull, which they made either one of. And let's find out what that was about, why, why it appeared. Now, you have to understand something about the supernatural realm. When God destroyed this earth and only uh, Noah... And, and those of his family were saved, all right? Then all the people drowned in the flood, and all the demonic powers did what? They're still demonic powers. The spirits that were there here, I'm sorry, in the beginning, are still here today. They are here to do what? John 10.10, 10, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The spirit of Baal is out to see to it that you don't make it. I'm about to say something very prophetic, so don't miss this part, okay? I'd like to warn you about these things. They knew the day was going to come that Ephraim was going to come back together. They knew that, bless God, that the only thing that will survive in the Garden of Eden is holiness, righteousness. They also knew that if they could come in and seduce and could do it in a quiet way, they thought they could get by with it. And you want to know something? Until now, they have. Until now, they have gotten away from this thing. 
Folks, we're in trouble. And I keep trying to tell you this. We're in big-time trouble with God. Because we don't know what holiness is. You know what most of the church thinks holiness is? I got Jesus. Well, thank God you got Jesus. Because that's going to get you and give you eternal life when you give up the ghost. My story has always been, what are you going to do until you give up the ghost on this earth? Well, I've taught you what you're going to do or what you need to do. Serve God through the covenant and the testimony of His Holy Son, Yeshua, according to these scriptures. All right? Now, in Exodus 32:19 through 29... It says, And it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing. And Moses angered, waxed hot. And he cast the tablets out of his hands and break them beneath the mountain. Now Moses had been gone. Had been gone long enough. The old story of it is, the cat's away, the mice will play. He had been gone long enough that they, they weren't quite sure he was going to come back. So here he comes down after being before Almighty God Himself. And he sees this abomination, okay? He sees the calf. And he sees the dancing. Now you need to underline the word calf. And the word dancing. All right? And he goes on to say, And he took the calf which they had made and burned it in the fire and ground it to powder and, and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. Woo! Said he was mad, didn't it? Oh, it isn't over yet. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? Underline the word sin. Great sin upon them. He said, what, what, what did they do? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. 23, for they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. They didn't know what had become of him. As I said, they didn't think he was coming back. Said, so, come on. Now, Aaron, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're his brother, and, and you know, let, let's, let's get this building, this image of this calf underway. And I said unto them, 24, Whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it me, and I cast it into the fire, and there came out this calf, like he was innocent as he could be. Gee, I didn't do nothing. Hey, Bubby, I didn't do nothing. I just, they brought it, I just threw it down. Man, here come a calf. <laughs> that works well. All right. Now, and when Moses saw the people were naked, underline naked, for Aaron had made them naked under their shame among their enemies. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Question. Let them come unto me, and all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by the side, and go in and out from the gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. Wow. Looks like this thing's about to get ugly. What did Moses know that Aaron didn't know? Holiness. Okay? Interesting point coming up. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell the people that day about 3,000 men. 
Wow. For Moses has said, Consecrate yourself today to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. So he turned right around and bestowed a blessing upon the others. Now, why didn't Aaron die in this thing? Fair question, isn't it? He seemed to have been the ringleader, didn't he? Aaron didn't die. Why do you suppose he didn't die? It doesn't say, does it? Could it have been because that he was going to be the high priest? Okay. I don't know. It doesn't say. If I'd have been God, Aaron would have died first. Well, you're going to be meaner than Moses, maybe. Probably not. We're not going to be <laughs> cutting anybody up with a sword, okay, or a gun or anything else. But, it, I, you know, I read that and I meditated and I prayed about it for a number of days. Aaron was wrong, yet Aaron died. 3,000 men, I mean, Aaron lived, 3,000 men died. Now, folks, that just ain't fair. But again, God is the judge, and God is the one that has predestinated the lives. Now, maybe, maybe through interpretation, this could have been different or stronger, and I agree to that. But the fact of it is, it didn't say. But now listen, they fashioned another God who was shaped in the image of a calf, Baal. Look at the spiritual pull on God's people. Aaron himself, look what it did. There was nakedness and immorality, and there was about 3,000 men that died on that day. So, this spirit of Baal came upon them. Now, we know that, bless God, that there was immorality, there was nakedness, we know that, that, that God, uh, bless God, uh, tried through Moses to get these people to understand. Now, why wasn't it enough? What, you have to remember, they had just come out of Egypt. Why was it not enough that what they had seen kept them from the seduction of Baal? The spirit world, as we have taught you, is the real world. Everything has to be worked out in that realm in order to work out in this realm that we live in. And it works that way, as I've taught you by the Scripture. Now, spirits, and there's different levels of demons. We've taught you about that. To some extent, we'll go back and add to that one of these days. But we have tried to get you to understand of a truth that darkness is real, that darkness will seduce you. Darkness will overtake you. Paul said, neither give place to the devil, and he meant it. And if you do give place to the devil, what's going to happen? Hello, devil, come on in. And he comes in. Now, does he come in and, well, no, I'm the devil, and I'm going to come in here, and I'm going to make you get naked and do some dancing? No, of course not. Darkness, as I have taught you, is very subtle. But it is absolutely final. You choose death, you choose life. You just you choose blessings, you choose, choose curse. It, it's choices, isn't it? But let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. When you do not understand the seduction of the spirit world... You begin to look at the world and to accept what the world has accepted. Now, did they, and they must have, there was 3,000, about 3,000 men that was killed that day. Did they, bless God, realize that? No. They had been seduced. The spirit of Baal, which, by the way, is also that which is in direct contact and became, down the road, the Jezebel, or what we call the Jezebel spirit. But the thing you need to understand from the outset of this message, that we have to, 
we have to be very, very certain that you realize how old this spirit is, at least all the way back to the day of Moses. The worship of Baal was real. Went on the Hittites and the you know and all the other tights as I'm always talking about. Well, it's a scary thing, okay? It's a scary thing because let me tell you something. It can come on you, and after all, what's normal? Have you ever have you ever asked yourself, "Am I normal?" I've asked a lot of people if they thought they were normal. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's normal. That's normal for me. I mean, I'm. The question, though, is it sin? I want to walk free, completely, from the sins of this world. If you do, raise your hand. Hallelujah. We're going to get somewhere, aren't we? I don't want to let the powers of this demonic spirit Baal come in and take me over. Well, I mean, after all, you know, you know, it's all right. There's nothing wrong with you know going to the here or seeing this and doing that and 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 you know dancing and going where the ladies don't have clothes or the guys don't have clothes and whoopee, we're having a great time. What what do you mean? There's nothing wrong with that. Well, that's what everybody does. Isn't that just what happened? Everybody decided it was okay to get naked and let's get down and let's go to whatever you call it today. Huh? But it wasn't right. And Moses said, those that are on my side, get over here. And it said the Levites showed up and got over there. All those tribes were there. Okay? Ephraim, we were there. Did we participate? Full time. Us and the rest. All the tribes. Woo! Now, because, because these types of things happen, okay, and they do, what we have to understand is, or again, question, could it be that we could be vulnerable after all those centuries to the spirit of Baal? Look closely. Oh, yes, you are, and most of you in this room have it. 99.9% of you ladies in this room have it. Well, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, well, now, after all, now, you can't be judging me for that. No, I'm not judging anybody about anything. I'm going to give you the Word of God. You're going to have to judge yourself. You want to carry this thing of Baal the rest of your days? Most of you have already transferred it unto your daughters. Most of you have had it transferred already from your mothers, and they from their grandmothers and great-grandmothers. The spirit of Baal, a seductive spirit that will seduce you, okay? Hang on now. Acts 7, 41, 42. Acts 7, 41 and 42. Oh, I don't know. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> you remember what I've always told you? You've got to look into that spiritual mirror, and you've got to see yourself as you are. I'm trying to open that mirror up so you can look into it this weekend. Please look. You might not like what you see, and on the other side you might go, What's wrong with that? I like it. Okay? We'll see. Acts seven forty one, and they made a calf in those days and offered sacrifice in the idol and rejoiced in the works of their hands, and God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. Okay, O ye house of Israel, have ye offered to me slain beast and sacrifice for the space of forty years in the wilderness? 
So evidently, they talked about this again, if you will, even all the way up to what we call the, the New Testament in the book of Acts. Now, God gave them over to what? To worship, now listen, the host of heaven. You need to write that down. Underline it or remember it or something, all right? Baal is known as the God of the heavens. He's known as the God of the heavens. I'm going to give you a few seconds here. Baal is known as the God of the heavens, the God of the horoscope. Oh, good. That's nice. The God of the psychic network. Woo! The God of the Ouija board. Oh, my. The God of prophetic divination. And this last one's a dandy. A God who has a prophetic voice. Please grab on to this. I have told you from the beginning that most of these knuckleheads, you know I love that word, most of these knuckleheads that are out here saying God said this and God said that, what have I told you, familiar spirit, okay? It or originates from the spirit of Baal. They come in a prophetic voice. We're going to show you in Scripture that, all right? So, again, what, what do we have in defense of that? You have a real prophet, okay, number one. But the world accepts these knuckleheads because it sounds good. Huh? It, uh, it, it, it looks good. I mean, they, some of them look so prophetic. But it's nothing more than the spirit of Baal. So the spirit of Baal. Now, we understand that a spirit of darkness can turn itself into what? A spirit of light. We're, we, we're told that. We're taught that. So the word deception is a great telltale against that of Baal. He is out to deceive you. He wants to suck you in. Now, listen... Do the powers of darkness understand the end? Absolutely so. They understand the completeness of the kingdom. Will they ever participate? No, they're, they're going to burn in the lake, okay? There is no salvation plan, as I've taught you, for, uh, bless God, angels of darkness. There is none. But they still, and God said, if you want to be the God of something, be the God of this earth, which we live on. So Satan is the God of this earth. All right, that doesn't mean we have to fall into that. But at the same time, that's the reason why the spirit of Baal become dominant. Because it could move amongst the people. See, God, the thing with, the thing with God that I have always said, Lord, if you would have just said, you will not do this ever, we wouldn't have done it. After a few thousand people got struck by lightning or whatever that was, we get the idea. But no, 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 no. God had to get us choice. He had to let us be tempted. How many of you listen to the purpose of temptation? Go back and listen to it again because it goes right with this. To see what was in our hearts. He tempted Israel. On that day, with Moses, he had to find out whether the people was going to serve him or not serve him. He found out, didn't he? Moses, he was mad. Kill them all! And they killed them all, about 3,000 people. Now, do you think by that action that this whole thing with Baal was serious? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the hint. I'm shaking my head, all right? Big time. 
that spirit spread. Now listen, that spirit spread through the camp of Israel in a matter of what? Days? Probably not. Hours? Probably yes. And all of a sudden, the children of Israel that had worshipped the Lord our God, Yahweh, was now dancing around naked of this golden image that Aaron made. How quickly it can happen. How could it have happened, brothers and sisters? They saw the power of God as He opened up an ocean for them. They watched Him deliver them from one thing to another. It wasn't enough. One of the brothers said to me, he said, What's it going to take for people to understand who you are? It's got to be in the heart. It's got to be in the heart. There's a man raised from the dead right back over there where my brother's sitting, right there. said, you're going to die, don't die in one of my services. I don't like that. You will get raised from the dead whether you like it or not. Did it make a difference? Oh, for a few seconds. The problem is, folks, we don't know the difference between sin and holiness. We think we do. We think that we understand the difference. We don't. They didn't. And they had an opportunity unlike the opportunity that we've had. Okay? Scary? No, it's not scary. It's truth. What I'm what I'm trying to what I'm trying to get through to you here in this tonight, in the early portions of this, is to get you to realize and to understand how this spirit operates. Then we're going to get down to the place of the way that you operate, and if there are any likeness between the way you operate and between the way Baal operates. You're going to be surprised. Let's go, if you will, to 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18. Here we go. 1 Kings 18. 17 through 29. Somebody say hallelujah. Well, I haven't lost you yet. I thought about bringing duct tape and having all the men to duct tape the women to the chairs. Some, somehow I just didn't think on TV here that looked real good, all right? So, so we opted to, to, you know, to, to do something different. No, it's not like that. Before I'm finished this weekend, girls, I'm going to have to be careful that you don't have a spirit of pride needed to be cast out of you. You are worthy, and you are worth something. You just got it all turned around backwards, and we've got to straighten it out. That's all that we've got to do. That's what I do as a prophet. It's the way I think as a prophet. Why? Because I want you with me when I go back unto the land of our forefathers. And there will be not a spirit of Jezebel amongst us when we go back. So write in your notes, there, it, this isn't optional. It is not. You will either be delivered in the house of the Lord by God this weekend, or what you might as well do is just go somewhere else and play church there. You're wasting your time and ours. Playing games over. I'm not interested. You know, I, I have to, you know, week in and week out. My Lord and my God, there's days that we get over 300 emails. Things are going to change because we've overloaded my lovely wife. <laughs> the prophet's going to handle the emails. And it's not going to be pretty, folks. Huh? Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't have the patience, neither will I ever have the patience, to put up with all the baloney that people send us. Most of which is not any of you in this room. Okay? 
There's no reason. Spirituality isn't what's going to set you free, brothers and sisters. We are going to have to live by every, say every, every. word of God. Every word of God. Not just what we choose, what pleases us. Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I gave you plenty of time to find that, didn't I? Okay, here we go. First Kings eighteen seventeen. It came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, and Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? He must have been a cocky little guy, huh? Are you he that troubleth Israel? Hmm? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam, which is Baal. Now, it wasn't enough to say that he had done evil in the sight of God, as is said beforehand in Scripture. He said, I got news for you, Hot Rod. You're the one that's fallen, Baal. You're the one, Ahab. I used to call him Abi. Okay, instead of Ahab. Short for Ahab. Okay. Now therefore, send and gather to me all the children unto Mount Carmel. Sounds familiar there, doesn't it? And the prophets of Baal, 450. Now these were Baal's prophets. And prophets of the groves, 400, which ate at Jezebel's table, which was in agreement, in agreement with Baal. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. You know why? Because he was right. He said, what, what, what's going on here, folks? Brothers and sisters, prophetically, that's what God's saying to the house of Ephraim right now. Why halt against two opinions? If God's God and His Word is truth, do it all! If not, then follow after Baal. You go on. <laughs> See where that gets you. That's what He's saying. Elijah, was he bold? Whoa, was he bold. Okay? Now, he goes on to say here, uh, bless God, in the 22nd verse, Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under, and I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under, and call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. Now they said not a word over, you know, when they was Now, oh, bravo, bravo, Elijah. Well spoken here. You, you betcha. You're going to bring fire down from heaven, aren't you? That ought to be something to see. You've got to really wonder if they were with him or against him. Now, he spoke boldly, and the boldness in which he spoke would scare the socks off of you, as we say, okay? He said, let's line it up here, boys. Let's find out. Now, you've heard me talk about being in the third world. You've heard me talk about the fact of doing not the fire thing, but telling Hindus, Muslims, uh, bless God, uh, every other religion on this earth, Come up here. Come up here. 
Let's see what your God can do. One time I was in India, and this Hindu high priest was off to my left, and he was making as much noise as I was making. I had some rickety-rack PA system that didn't work very well. And finally, he kept carrying on. He got louder than me. I said, whoa! He said, bring that man to me. Bring him in here. Boy, here he come. In all of his glory, here he came. He came over. Of course, I had to use the interpreter. I said, ask that man what he's doing. He was mocking my God. I said, really? Well, bring him up here. I said, now let's ask him what his God can do. I said, let's see if his God can do. And I began to look. And there was a man that literally had wore out his shoes on the top of his foot because he walked and they were bent so far back and he drug himself with a pole about that big around, about that tall. I said, bring the man forward. I said, now, tell the whatever he calls himself Let's see if his God can raise this man up by a miracle. So he told him. These things always reminded me, and please don't misunderstand, but it always reminded me of this thing in 1 Kings. And bless God, let me tell you something. He prayed, and this word, and he prayed, and he shouted, and he called upon the God of the Hindus, which are many. I let it go on for 10, 15 minutes. See, I get, I get a kick out of this stuff. Their God can't do nothing. But just like the prophets of Baal, they thought that they could. And finally I said, hey, you know what? This old boy's worked himself up in such a leather, I thought he was going to pass out. We was going to have to give him oxygen or something, which we didn't have. I should tell the guy to stop. So we went over and stopped the man. I said, now bring the man here. So they brought the man to me. I prayed in the name of the Lord our God, through the power of the Rahakadish. And God raised the man up. The feet flopped back into position. He stood and he began to walk. Remember now, this man happened to have been born this way after I found out later. He began to walk. And then he began to find out that his ankles moved. Then he began to run. And he ran. And he ran. And he ran. I looked at this Hindu high priest and I said, tell, tell the guy that his God is a fake. That his God couldn't do what my God does. That night, that Hindu high priest received Yeshua's Lord. And I have watched that work all over the world. I have yet to see the God of any other God besides the living God, produce the power that our God produces. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer request. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Don't know love, I share my love.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.